Hello everyone, this is Brady back with you on Freedom Talks and today we have Trenton Raymond on and Trenton's on again. Uh, he's, he's been a uh, former podcast guest uh, talking about some of his orthopedic specialties and uh, we're proud to announce at Freedom that Trenton passed his OCS exam. Um, and so OCS uh, stands for Orthopedic Clinical Specialist and um, Today, I kind of want to just talk to Trenton a little bit about what that represents and what that means for his practice uh, in physical therapy um, and what it means for freedom and what we can offer, and most importantly, what that offers the patient um, and kind of why that sets Trenton apart from um, other physical therapists um, without without an OCS. So Trenton, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Brady. Yeah. It's always fun to come on these things so how is how has uh the clinic clinic been in terms of are you getting a little busier with all this stuff going on i know um across the board we're pretty much a little bit more busy um people are feeling a little bit more safe or taking proper safety precautions and all that but um other than that you holding up good yeah yeah things are i, I work at the both locations so at brookfield and fox point um things are starting to pick up just you know, almost every day now, I think, like you said, people are getting a lot more comfortable with our safety, you know, measures we've taken and um, are just a lot more aware of how to stay safe. So it's been good. Good. All right. So let's get into this OCS topic. So um, give me kind of the, just the broad general, what it, what it means and, and what it represents for you. So as physical therapists, once you graduate, now entry level is you know, getting your doctorate. So you can practice in any setting or you know, do whatever you want to once you're an entry level therapist and you graduate. But then you can also go on to get specialty certifications. So the OCS is just a specialization with um, uh, orthopedics. So it kind of signifies that I'm now, um, you know, distinguished as an orthopedic clinical specialist, um, you know, in the physical therapy setting. Yeah. So that's one of the things that like you talk to somebody and, and it's not that they should know this just as general information, but like you talk to the general public or you're talking about people with certain conditions or they're like, ah, I'm sore or something like that. Uh, and it kind of gets into conversation. A lot of them don't know that like their physical therapist that they choose, um, can actually, not not hurt them necessarily, but it can it can help them to find someone who has a specialty in what they need treated, right? Um, and that's the nice thing about Freedom. We have a bunch of different physical therapists, and they, you know, we're all orthopedic. You're all orthopedic therapists, but each of you have your own specialty, right? Right. Or things you're interested in treating. What does this OCS kind of help you treat what you want to treat? It's a great question. So when, and, and part of it will be describing, you know, kind of how I got there. Yeah. But um, so basically when you go through the certification to get your OCS, you have to prove um, advanced clinical skills in um, all across the board for orthopedics. So post-op, um, both uh, in understanding the surgical procedures and, you know, what to do afterwards. Um, you know, sports, sports populations, geriatric populations, you have to, you know, it basically says that anything that comes into your orthopedic outpatient clinic, you have shown advanced learning in it. 
So the OCS doesn't necessarily specifically give you like, hey, you treat golfers or hey, hey, you treat post-op. It's yeah. across the board. If it's orthopedic, you know, you've gotten some advanced training in it. So let's let's go. Let's dive in a little bit into that advanced training. So yeah. like, first of all, what leads you to getting those OCS letters after your title? Yeah. So that's a really good question. A lot goes into it. So the like you said, the OCS stands for Orthopedic Clinical Specialist, and the letters represent just the certification after graduation. The certification was, it, it's given to you by the American Physical Therapy Board of Specialties. Um, they basically come up with this list of requirements for you to be able to sit for an exam they created. So that's kind of the gist of it. Um, so they established a certification uh to provide like formal recognition to people who have done um, the extra step to um, basically show they've done advanced training and gotten advanced clinical knowledge and experiences um, in your specialty area. So, um, you know, the exam process is pretty rigorous, but even getting to sit for that exam is, you know, difficult as well. Yeah, I know just from the time that we met kind of in, in Grafton when you were there, um, it was kind of always an area of focus. You were always like, oh, I'll try to get a little studying in here or um, I need to do the, this this weekend to, to do that. So, yeah, yeah, that's it's it's kind of crazy. And again, it's another thing that I think that the, the public doesn't understand is like your physical therapist has done a lot of training um, yeah. to to treat you. Um, you know, and, and, you know, our owner, Mike, always goes, well, they always just try to go to the Internet and find a solution. Um, but it is to a certain extent true. It's like, hey, they, they've put a lot of time and effort into, into knowing what they need to know. You know, use them. They're going to be better than the Internet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> so let's talk about you, you, you talked about um, kind of like this whole process. So. Um, and you, there's this re really rigorous test that you have to uh, study for. What is what is that exam like? Yeah, so um, basically it's a six to seven hour exam um, of 200 or more questions of expert level, you know, uh, case presentations or just, hey, do you know this? How would you treat this? Um, so it's intense and it's created by the specialty council to really – um, really stress like how important you need uh, it, it is to have advanced knowledge. Um, they present you very, very difficult cases, you know, across the board for diagnosis, intervention, overall patient care, um, knowing when or when not to treat, you know, with a lot of people don't know that physical therapists have direct access now. Mm -hmm. So people yeah. can come in with or without a physician's referral. So, Part of us getting that opportunity to treat people directly is now we have to be very aware of our exam and determining if a person is uh, clinically appropriate and an orthopedic patient versus if it's something more serious or if it's just not in our scope and we need to refer out. Yeah. So they, they put you through all of that. And it's, it's interesting because in your clinic, a lot of the times you – you don't necessarily assume you always do your d due diligence, but if you get a physician's referral, yeah, they've kind of helped you with a lot of that front end stuff. And we trust, we have, we work with a lot of great physicians. So you trust their judgment Now you always do your thing too. But when it's direct access, you haven't had another set of eyes and you haven't had a physician look at them. So they make sure 
with these questions that you've prepared yourself to see whatever, whenever, when it comes in. Yeah, and you, you spoke of that direct access and like that first point of contact. Physical therapist is a great place to start because of that. Like they're going to do this very um, intense evaluation of everything that's going on. And, and if it's not an orthopedic condition, like you said, like they're going to direct you at least in the right direction of where you need to go to get help. Mm -hmm. So still a good resource to use, um, depending on, on the condition, obviously, but, um, it is a good first step for a lot of our patients. Yeah. Um, so, uh, before this exam, you said you had to be able to, you know, you have to have certain requirements to be able to sit for it. What makes you eligible for that exam? Yeah, so that's a great question too. The, like you said, the understanding of like what goes into the exam, um, you know, so just passing it is only the end. You know, it's, yeah. it's about getting there that is where you do the learning. Yep. So the, um, to be eligible to even sit for it, obviously you have to graduate from an accredited PT program and get your doctorate. And then afterwards, you can take two different routes to, you know, pass your application to sit. The first one is the typical way people do it is you graduate and you just start working. And after you accumulate over 2,000 hours um, in your specialty area of direct patient care, you can then submit like an application and um, sit for the exam. Normally this takes people years to accumulate um, like 2,000 direct hours because they're very particular about which hours count. They okay. have to be specialty hours, and they have to be direct patient care. Um, and most of those hours, you know, have to occur in, like, the most recent three years. So a lot of people, you know, it's hard to cram that many hours into that many years and then yeah. submit. So then the second way people do it is you can complete a post-professional clinical residency in your area of specialty, which is the way I went. Um, yeah, so then I was, once you, I, you know, was able to, complete my residency through UW-Madison, and then after that, you are then eligible to sit. So I know we talked about your residency a little bit um, in a previous podcast, but let's kind of like walk through some of those experiences again. So, um, you know, just explain again, what, what is your residency? Why, you, why do you do one? And then maybe we can get into a few stories from your residency if you have any that are fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so basically, after you graduate, and if you want to get that extra training in an area, um, you would, one option is to do a residency. So my particular residency was very, very mentor and academic based. So I spent over the course of an entire year, I split time between working in a clinic, basically full time, and then going to UW-Madison for extra training um, from a variety of OCS um, certified practitioners who have their own niches you know some would treat a lot of the hip some would treat swimmers some would treat runners so you got to you know basically pick the brains and learn from the specialists in all of their niches over the course of a year um and then at the end of it you take this big exam which is actually mirrored after the ocs so i've kind of almost taken it twice okay. <laughs> but the whole point uh, of the the UW-Madison residency is that they prepare their residents to be specialists. Yeah. So they they direct all of it towards, um, you know, you should be able to prove to us and to whoever that you're a specialist. So 
It's pretty cool. Well, then, yeah. I mean, it makes sure that you are really prepared for that test then, yeah, you know, was, at the end. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it, it's not that it makes it easier, but it makes you more prepared and obviously, I think, benefits you now, mm-hmm. right? So, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, you started at Madison. Were you at a clinic in Madison? I knew you were also at a clinic in Appleton, right? Yeah. So, I worked full-time in Appleton at a private clinic by the name of Advanced Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. And when I was there, they had, to, so to be eligible to be a mentor, mm-hmm. you have to be an OCS uh, certified specialist. Oh, okay. So um, I did all of my mentorship with you know, clinical specialists, and I rotated through three different uh, clinical specialists and even some of their other uh, very educated and niche practitioners would kind of jump in for a week or two okay. and help you out with some things. Gotcha. So I worked full time there and a few hours each week, you got that direct mentorship. And then I would also go back to Madison and do some teaching and then a lot of learning. Okay. So the, when you, when, when you say the mentorship, like how, how much of that is like, you know, watching and working with them and then how much of that is like treating patients as well? I forget the exact numbers, but it's both. Okay. So you have to register a certain amount of hours on their because the residency is accredited by this board, yeah. and they make these requirements. So one of the requirements is a certain number of direct mentored hours. Okay. Within those hours, you can have somewhere you treat and somewhere you're just kind of watching the specialist treat, and you can kind of ask questions or jump in and kind of co-treat, they call it. So okay. um, it's kind of a mix, but there's there's definitely both. Okay. Um, do you have like, did your, uh, during your mentorship or, or during this residency, did it kind of spark an interest in a certain niche that like you think you might want to pursue or, you know, has treating for what the past two years, year or two years, mm-hmm. um, kind of sparked interest in something that you think like, I really could make this my niche. Um, or is that not quite fully formed? So it's definitely still a work in progress. Sure. And the thing is, you know, um, therapy comes in waves. Like you won't see a shoulder patient for a while and then yep. you'll see him again. And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I love this. Yeah. And then, you know, you start treating the spine and you remember all the cool things you've learned and how you see some people get better. And you're like, you know, I actually love this. So I'm still working through what my favorite or like my passion you sure. know, spot is. Yeah. Down the road, I do. I'm very... Uh, kind of holistic and eclectic in my treatment and that often goes well with the spine okay you know so yeah including cervical thoracic and lumbar spine just working on that axial skeleton and um i, I really enjoy that and a lot of people need it yeah but then yeah. you know if i had to pick like one area where that fits um I, i'm a big golfer sure and i like working with you know golfers of all levels and depending on your age or your level of golf, you have different expectations. But there's almost always some sort of, you know, pain or soreness or tightness that goes into that where treating the spine can be really effective. So, like, let's just take the, the golf example. So you have this OCS, um, you know, specialty, right? So you're, you've got this really nice certification, um, and it allows you to do a lot of different treatment, right? Well, I mean... Being a PT allows you to do a lot of different treatment, but how do you take your experiences now and say that you wanted to really become Trenton Raymond, the golf specialist? How, how would you then go forward um, to do that? It's a really good question, and it's tough. I yeah. mean, it really is tough to do. There's, so number one is you got to get your name out there. 
and you have to practice and you have to see golfers and you have to treat golfers. Um, mm -hmm. One of the best things I learned from my residency and from just working is that uh, experience is everything. And that's why going through those programs and learning from people and working with people who've done this for years and years and treated thousands of patients, you can learn so much. And um, so number one is just exposure. You got to treat golfers. But number two is um, they do have actual like other certifications like programs. So one in particular is the Titleist Performance. The TPI, so the TPI. Yeah. So, yeah. And, but Nike does one. And then there, I think there's a couple others. I'm going to start looking into those because that's one of my next steps yeah. is, you know, how do I kind of put those letters behind my name to show that I've interest and that I've done extra education in that field. Mm -hmm. um, but like I was saying before, if you treat more golfers using things that I've learned during residency in my OCS, you know, training and you, you can develop, you know, those skills and yeah. just get your name out there. And eventually people will start realizing that it can be really effective. Yes. Yeah. Um, so do you have any specific cases, uh, that like stood out to you either during your residency or even like the first couple of years where, um, you're like this training, that takes me kind of a step above has really helped me in, in doing that? Or is there just any cool cases that you like just pop into your head? So there's two. Okay. Uh, one that relates directly to what we were talking about and one that just goes to show like that whole, you know, clinical like orthopedic spectrum of what you might see in the clinic. Sure. So the first one uh, was actually a, a golfer who had been treated in the past for by multiple therapists and just wasn't getting better. And he came in to see me up in Appleton. I used some of the new techniques and a, a very thorough exam. We took probably, you know, hours of just going through and just weaning out, like, what isn't it? What isn't it? Okay, it's this. We gave him a really nice regimen and some dry needling treatments and manipulation treatments. And then his exercise routine coupled with what we were treating mm -hmm. and he got better and he was back to golfing like over 18 holes, no pain, and, which is really, really cool to see that come to fruition. Well, so that was last year, over a year ago. Uh, he just reached out to me here. You know, oh, nice. he, he found my contact information um, in Milwaukee here. So I still am in communication with them, and I just thought it was a really cool connection, yeah. you know, in that in that golf world and with That's the patients. That's kind so. of exactly what you're saying. Like, you get your name out, you start treating them, you got them better, um, and all of a sudden, a little bit of reputation, and, and he knows you. And I'm sure if he knows someone else who's like, hey, I, they've got the same issues I had or, right. or similar issues, like, hey, I know who to go to. I know who treats golfers, right? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the hope, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but no, he was an incredibly nice guy, and it was really cool to hear from him, and hopefully I hear from him in the future, too. Yeah. But then the second case, it's very complex. Um, uh, I'll try and keep it as short as possible. Sure. <laughs> but um, so it was actually, so when you have your, to complete your residency, you have to submit a publishable research paper. Okay. And it has to be based on a patient that you've treated, and that was, this is the one I wrote up for mine. Oh, nice. So it was a, a woman who came in with years of gait abnormalities she was just walking goofy and she went into multiple neurologists people and they're like we don't really know and she went to pt at multiple spots and got like stronger but it doesn't necessarily fit they're and not. fix like what she was yeah. going through so she came in and i was just doing my exam I, I did a really specific manual muscle test like sequence and found some very particular muscles that fit a nerve pattern that were weak so we treated based on that 
and we actually, I, I stole some uh, neuro rehab techniques that I learned at Marquette, um, and it was just really cool because they started working, and it was a really cool case to see how in the orthopedic setting, you might have to draw from your experiences treating, you know, like in the neurologic rehab. So yeah. um, one of the things that we really hammered home during the OCS, or I should say residency training, is like you need to be very familiar with nerve roots, nerve innervations, nerve levels, and myotomes, dermatomes. And that really helped me on that case because if you just looked at one muscle group that was weak and you strengthened it, it didn't necessarily get her better. Yeah. You had to kind of trace it back to the root. So it was really cool. And by the end of it, you know, her numbers were testing very, very high. So I asked her, can I write up your case? And we did. And it, it was good. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so like a common thread across the, po- the past three podcasts I've, I've recorded, um, and not, not all of them are out yet. Um, but the common thread has been, you know, the time and effort it takes to do proper evaluation and really find the root of what's going on to make sure that you're not doing treatment that's going to ultimately mask the symptoms for the short term, but not make a difference in the long term. And, you know, the, the big thing, and it's come up in each of them, the last two especially, is that, you know, the, the, the medical system, the way it's set up is not necessarily made to fit that model of that really intense evaluation, right? You go to some PT places, we like to think that it's not freedom because of our one-on-one 45-minute appointments, but some PT places where you only get, you know, 10, 15 minutes face-to-face time with your patient, and then the rest of the time might be with an aide or someone else that is a little less skilled, um, and there's not always that time for, for that. And that can even be seen in your doctor's office. Like, how much time do you actually get face-to-face with your doctor? Mm-hmm. And how much time does he actually get to evaluate you? Because he's got to move on to the next person. And that's A, set up kind of how reimbursement is set up, and, and B, just, you know, there's so much patient load in some cases that you have to get through everybody. Um you know, what, what do you think about that system? And do you have any like strong opinions one way or another, or you're just like, I'm just into it. Um, I know it's important. And I found a place that allows me to, to do that evaluation. And that's kind of where you leave it. Or do you have any thoughts on that? It's a, it's a really good question. And I've been very fortunate that the places I've worked have all been set up in a way that are very patient oriented. Yes. And will almost at the cost of that reimbursement or financial burden, like, oh, well, we'd rather treat our patients correctly. Yeah. And, and ultimately, I think even in a business sense, that's the right thing to mm-hmm. do because, I mean, you're going to make a better name for yourself. Exactly. But that being said. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, all the places I've done, I've had the opportunity to have one-on-one time and do a full evaluation. Yeah. And any therapist that you talk to knows that it's not just the first day you evaluate. You're yes. evaluating every session. And so with freedom, I've got 45 minutes every single time with my patient to both treat and evaluate and assess and reassess and yep. reassess. And I think that gives us a significant advantage, both in, like you were saying, getting to the root of the problem, treating the fire, not the smoke, yep. and making sure that you know we're not missing something that might be more, you know, hey, we, we shouldn't be treating here in the PT, you need to see somebody else. Yes, yeah. 
Now, in, in terms of my thoughts of the other setups, I haven't really worked in that setting, but to me, I would find it limiting because I'm very uh, hands-on and manual in my treatment, and yeah. I do a lot of my assessment with like touch and palpation and feel. Mm-hmm. So I, I would find it difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's one of the main reasons when I was interviewing in the Milwaukee area, Freedom kept being um, mentioned. You know, okay. you should go to Freedom. You should apply to Freedom. So when I was here, and it totally matched with um, my treatment style, how I think it is the best way to do it. Yeah. And then Freedom thought the same way. So it's it, was, a, it sounds it sounds like your residency where you worked in, in Appleton, very similar setup to Freedom. Very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. They had 45 minutes to an hour of okay. the of the evaluation. And then almost every follow-up is also 45 minutes of, you know, one-on-one care. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess anything that we didn't touch on OCS-wise or anything we didn't touch on that you want to talk about? No, I think that was pretty much it. You know, the, the gist is I really enjoyed having you having me on here. I appreciate yeah. that because the OCS certification, I don't know if it's necessarily well understood or known. Yeah, so no, especially think, not, I, I, again, I think a lot of the stuff, you know, PT-wise, you wish, you know, patients would do a little bit more research on, but not necessarily that they have to. Right, right? yeah. But it's nice nice for them to kind of at least have a resource to understand, um, you know, the different, what, what the different options are. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of different options, yeah. even within just the PT world, so. Yeah. No, it was just, there's a lot of effort and time and learning put into it. So it's really cool to be able to talk about it and educate others of like what it actually means. Yeah. You know, so to be able to talk about, you know, like even the APTA, like they write it as, and I'll kind of read, you know, it, it shows and demonstrates a PT's commitment to service in a variety and depth and consistency of ways. Um, it, uh, their des- it shows their desire to attain formal recognition for advanced clinical knowledge, competence, and skills, and reflects their devotion to their profession and their patients. And I think that's what it is. It's just a devotion to PT and getting people better. Yep. And, and I think it's really cool that people know that that, you know, is what that means at the end of your name. That's right. Okay. So thank you, Trenton, for coming on. I uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Brady. All right. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Freedom Physical Therapy Services, an independent provider of comprehensive physical and occupational services. No matter how challenging your issues, if other treatments have failed, we are determined to help you heal starting with the very first visit. Four convenient locations in the Milwaukee area. More information at freedompt.com.